Welcome to the School of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sheila, and my mission is to ensure each and every child is able to share their unique gifts and abilities with the world. This show provides weekly talks that empower and inspire parents, families, and caregivers to help their children to be successful in school. I believe that all the adults in our children's lives can make important contributions to their learning and future success, and this show will offer proven tips, strategies, and resources to help the children in your care experience extraordinary achievement. I'm a former principal, assistant principal, and teacher, and I've helped hundreds of adults over 26 years to help their children achieve success. And I can help you too. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the School of Success with Dr. Sheila. I want to thank all of you who have listened and continue to provide support and encouragement to me. I'm truly grateful for your time and consideration, and my hope is that I can provide practical strategies that are rooted in research that you can experiment with to help support your children to achieve success now and into the future. While I recognize everyone's circumstances are different, the information that I share with you is meant to be flexible enough to be adapted to meet your unique needs. Also, not everything works all the time. So something that worked one day may not work on another day. The important thing is to not get discouraged and to have a few tools in your tool belt so you can figure out which one to pull out and use to deal with the situation that you are faced with. In our last episode, we talked about the importance of helping our children learn how to deal effectively with the obstacles that inevitably come up in learning and in life. We talked about a simple success formula from author and success coach Jack Canfield. And that simple formula is E, event, plus R, response, equals O, outcome. This simple formula can help all of us, both children and adults, to remember that we can control our response to any event. And more positive responses leads to better outcomes. So as as we help our children learn how to have more positive responses to the challenges that come up in learning and in life, we are teaching them how to persevere and not give up. In today's episode, we're going to talk more about the importance of E plus R equals O, along with suggesting a few strategies that you can try in order to help gain more cooperation and engagement from your children, especially during this time of online learning. Now, you may know Jack Canfield as the co-author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul books, but he's also a internationally renowned success coach and mentor, and he advocates that taking personal responsibility is the key attitude for personal empowerment. So it's up to us, well, it's actually to our full advantage to assume full responsibility for the circumstances of our lives, as well as our reactions to these circumstances. So by helping our kids learn how to respond to life's obstacles in a positive way, we can have a huge impact on their future success. This simple formula, this E plus R equals O formula, 
suggests that every outcome we experience in life is a result of how we have responded to an earlier event or events. So if we don't like the outcomes we're currently getting, there are two basic choices that we can make. One, we can blame the event for the lack of results in our lives. So in other words, we can blame the circumstances such as the pandemic we're in right now, or we can blame the weather, or we can blame other people and so on. While there are many factors that can contribute to the outcome, if they were the deciding factor, then nobody would ever succeed. So a second choice is to instead simply change our response, the R in the E plus R equals O. So the way things, the event is the way things are. And if we want to get the outcome that we want, we have to change our thinking or we have to change our communication or we have to change the pictures that we hold in our heads. We can change our behavior. We can break out of our conditioned responses to circumstances. We can increase our awareness and change our actions. The point is that any of these changes will lead to new outcomes. And for our children's learning now and in the future, if we can help them to understand that the point of personal power is in the response, then we can give them an invaluable tool that will help them to be successful throughout life. What we want to do is we want to help them understand that there's really only three responses that we have any control over. So one is our behavior, what we say, and how we say it, along with what we do or don't do. But I want to bring up the example of uh, wondering if you've ever said to your kids, it's not what you said, it's how you said it. We can also impact our thoughts, our self-talk, and our beliefs we can be intentional about paying attention to our self-talk, paying attention to what we believe about ourselves. And this is a crucial area to help our kids recognize. And I'll talk more about this a little bit later. And the third possible response is the visual imagery, including our images of the past or even possible future. So these ideas are not only important for us as adults to consider for our own lives, but as I just mentioned, can you imagine the positive impact on our kids' lives now and in the future if we begin not only to model this success principle, but also intentionally teaching our children to pay attention to their response to any event? I believe that if we did this, we would be potentially helping to launch them into a lifetime of positive outcomes. So for instance, let's say a relative or a close friend of your child forgets his or her birthday. For most of us, and most we know most of our kids, they would feel hurt. We would feel hurt if someone close to us forgot our birthday. But think for a moment about some potential responses that we might get from our kids. Typical responses, anger, 
tears, yelling, withdrawal. And for many of us, it would be easy to jump to a conclusion. And for many of our kids, it would be easy to jump to the conclusion that the other person forgot because that person just doesn't care about us. But what if we could stop for a moment and help ourselves or help our kids think about other possibilities for why someone close to us might forget our birthday? So the E plus R equals O formula works well in helping us to see in terms of how we often let other people make us feel bad. For kids, this happens a lot. But what if we could help our kids learn to stop and think before jumping to a conclusion that the other person forgot their birthday because they just don't care? Or worse, our kids might believe that they aren't worthy of being loved and someone close to them forgetting their birthday is just proof of that. Because anytime someone says something or does something to us and we feel hurt, angry, or upset, it's because at some level we have a doubt about ourselves in that area. For kids, they have doubts about themselves in nearly every area of their lives. That's why helping them to develop positive attitudes about themselves and their abilities is so important. We want them to learn to not give their power away. In order to do that, a powerful lesson that we can help teach our kids is that the last choice we always have is to choose our attitude. And a great example of this is Viktor Frankl. He was in a concentration camp in World War II, and people were dying around him. It was horrific. However, he decided no one would own his spirit. He chose to find meaning and purpose in his experience. He discovered that those people who chose to have hope survived longer. We always have a choice about our attitude. If we choose A or B, we may not have great options to choose from, but we still have a choice. And remember, we can always choose our attitude. So let's go back to our birthday example. What if we could help our child to choose not to be hurt? By helping them to think about possible reasons for why someone might have forgotten their birthday and helping them to choose an attitude of understanding and forgiveness. There's many reasonable explanations for why a close friend or a loved one might have forgotten a birthday. Let's help our kids to see this and thus help them to learn to respond to a negative circumstance in a positive way. Remember Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? He didn't motivate the masses by saying, I have a complaint. His speech was titled, I have a dream. He focused on what he wanted and not what he didn't. He chose a positive attitude and a positive response in order to get the outcome that he wanted. So how can we take this idea of E plus R equals O and apply it to the current learning circumstances that so many of us are in right now? Well, first of all, even though our circumstances are difficult, it is important that we model for our children how to give up blaming the things outside of ourselves for the circumstances 
and conditions of our lives. Secondly, recognizing that our thoughts and beliefs have an impact on the outcomes of our lives. Therefore, we need to help our kids to believe they can do a task. That they, when they do that, they will more likely succeed. And because when our children learn that they can accomplish something, we know that that impacts their future accomplishment. They will accomplish it. So when parents and caregivers communicate encouragement such as, you can do it, those kind of statements help to motivate kids to do well in school. I'd like to elaborate on this idea somewhat. In 1977, the psychologist Albert Bandura asserted that underlying decisions we make in our lives, such as to keep going or to quit, to try a little harder or slack off, to seek help or to avoid a challenge, is based on the degree to which we can we think we can succeed. The technical term that Bandora used for this subjective judgment of our capabilities is self-efficacy. But a more common term that is used for this idea is confidence. Bandura felt that the most important determinant of confidence is what he called mastery experiences. If we try things that we consider hard again and again and we succeed, we gain confidence in our abilities to succeed. For instance, Dr. Angela Duckworth, psychologist and founder of the Character Lab, shares a story of her daughter entering an accelerated math class in seventh grade. While it was a struggle at first, she says it was fraught with many tears, eventually her daughter was able to keep up with classmates and her confidence grew. But that didn't happen by herself. Dr. Duckworth told how it was her husband sitting with her daughter working through the easiest problems in the homework set, and then the next, and finally the most complex at the end that helped to gain that confidence and that success. And while I don't know this for sure, I'm fairly certain that there was a you could do this shared along the way. The point I want to make here is that we can help our children gain confidence in their abilities. Bandura recommends for all young people engaging in a series of challenges that are a little bit harder each time with none being too far of a stretch. By creating a series of small wins, we can positively impact our children's sense of confidence in their own abilities. We can do this by breaking down tasks and skills into smaller chunks and encouraging our children to keep going and not give up. And when they do this and they experience success, they're going to gain in their confidence. Now keep in mind, if our kids only experience easy successes, Bandura suggests that they will come to expect quick results. So some struggle is actually a good thing for our children. And if we think about self-efficacy or confidence as a muscle, it takes a little struggle to strengthen that muscle. And when our kids have developed a strong sense of self-efficacy, they will be more willing to take on harder and harder challenges. You may have heard the adage, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Well, let's help our kids by helping them choose confidence over self-doubt. Thirdly, when students are motivated to learn, 
they do better with their schoolwork, even when that learning happens at home. So additionally, keep in mind that specific praise is also a a powerful motivator for your child. When you notice your child doing something right, tell them. Be specific with your praise by telling them what you see, such as, hey, I noticed you work really hard to figure out that problem. Or, I'm really proud of the way you worked all by yourself for the entire 20 minutes. The point is that you are engaging in these actions and by doing so, helping to develop successful attitudes and behavior in your children around the process of learning and ultimately their lifelong achievement. Now, some of you might be saying, okay, Sheila, this is all well and good, but my kids still resist finishing their homework or even engaging in their learning at all. Well, there's several strategies that you can try to help deal with this. You can, well, one is to make the activities appear less difficult and daunting for your kids by breaking them down into smaller parts. When we talk with our kids about a learning task before they start it and help them break the learning task into smaller chunks, we are doing two things. One, we're helping them feel more confident about taking on the learning task while at the same time teaching them about goal setting and how good it feels when they accomplish a goal. Children feel proud of themselves when they work hard to meet a goal. Plus, they like checking things off of a checklist. Additionally, children like choices. So if you can provide support by talking with your kids and helping them to break those tasks apart, well then let them pick what to work on first and then next and last. Creating that checklist while they're deciding whether to do their reading or their math first can be helpful. And then also breaking apart, let's say they're supposed to read for 30 minutes. Well, let's break that into two 15-minute times throughout the day. Or if they have 30 math problems, well, let's break those into three sets of 10 problems. And again, don't forget the power of your specific praise. Be sure to keep that praise focused on what your kids are doing, such as, I liked how hard you worked to figure that out. And don't forget the power of a simple thumbs up. Besides helping our kids break difficult tasks apart into smaller chunks, if you are able, it is often helpful to provide examples and show your kids how you would go about thinking about solving a problem or the kinds of questions that you might ask yourself as you're reading. And it's good to model that process for them. Then you can practice that technique or skill together before letting them do it on their own. But what I hope is clear from what we've talked about so far is that it's very important to talk to our kids. Whether we're talking with them about how to break their learning task into smaller manageable chunks or talking with them about their ability to choose a response to any event in their lives, including behavior, attitudes, self-talk, we have to take the time to talk with our kids. 
But by doing so, we can provide both the emotional support and the learning support that our kids need right now and in the future. In our next episode, we'll spend time on goal setting, aspirations, and self-efficacy. I hope you'll join me. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the School of Success podcast. I hope what you heard today was helpful and informative. If so, share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for me, you can reach me directly at schoolofsuccesspodcast.com. Thanks for listening.